Book One, Part Seven of On the Nature of Things by Titus Lucretius Carus, translated by William Ellery Leonard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Daniel Vermont. Book One, Part Seven The Infinity of the Universe. Now learn of what remains more keenly here and for myself my mind has not deceived how dark it is but the large hope of praise hath struck with pointed thyrsus through my heart on the same hour hath struck into my breast sweet love of the muses wherewith now instinct i wander afield thriving in sturdy thought through unpathed taunts of the pyrides trodden by step of none before i joy to come on undefiled fountains there to drain them deep i joy to pluck new flowers to seek for this my head a signal crown from regions where the muses never yet have garlanded the temples of a man first since i teach concerning mighty things and go right on to loose from round the mind the tightened coils of dread religion next since concerning themes so dark i frame songs so pellucid touching all throughout even with the muse's charm which as twould seem is not without a reasonable ground but as physicians when they seek to give young boys the nauseous wormwood first do touch the brim around the cup with the sweet juice and yellow of the honey in order that the thoughtless age of boyhood be cajoled as far as the lips and meanwhile swallow down the wormwood's bitter draught and though befooled be yet not merely duped but rather thus grow strong again with recreated health so now i too since this my doctrine seems in general somewhat woeful unto those who've had it not in hand and since the crowd starts back from it in horror have desired to expound our doctrine unto thee in song soft-speaking and pyrian and as twere to touch it with sweet honey of the muse if by such method haply i might hold the mind of thee upon these lines of ours till thou see through the nature of all things and how exists the interwoven frame but since i've taught that bodies of matter made completely solid hither and thither fly forevermore unconquered through all time now come and whether to the sum of them there be a limit or be none for thee let us unfold likewise what has been found to be the wide inane or room or space wherein all things soever do go on let us examine if it finite be all and entire or reach unmeasured round and downward an illimitable profound thus then the all that is is limited in no one region of its onward paths for then it must have forever its beyond and a beyond tis seen can never be for aught unless still further on there be a somewhat somewhere that may bound the same so that the thing be seen still on to where the nature of sensation of that thing can follow it no longer now because confess we must there's naught beside the sum there's no beyond 
and so it lacks all end it matters nothing where thou post thyself in whatsoever regions of the same even any place a man has set him down still leaves about him the unbounded all outward in all directions or supposing a moment the all of space finite to be if some one farthest traveller runs forth unto the extreme coasts and throws ahead a flying spear is it then thy wish to think it goes hurled off a main to where twas sent and shoots afar or that some object there can thwart and stop it for the one or other thou must admit and take either of which shuts off escape for thee and does compel that thou concede the all spreads everywhere owning no confines since whether there be aught that may block and check it so it comes not where twas sent nor lodges in its goal or whether borne along in either view it has started not from any end and so i'll follow on and wheresoe'er thou set the extreme coasts i'll query what becomes thereafter of thy spear twill come to pass that nowhere can a world's end be and that the chance for further flight prolongs forever the flight itself besides were all the space of the totality and sum shut in with fixed coasts and bounded everywhere then would the abundance of world's matter flow together by solid weight from everywhere still downward to the bottom of the world nor aught could happen under cope of sky nor could there be a sky at all or sun indeed where matter all one heap would lie by having settled during infinite time but in reality repose is given unto no bodies amongst the elements because there is no bottom whereunto they might as twere together flow and where they might take up their undisturbed abodes in endless motion everything goes on forevermore out of all regions even out of the pit below from forth the vast are hurtled bodies evermore supplied the nature of room the space of the abyss is such that even the flashing thunderbolts can neither speed upon their courses through gliding across eternal tracts of time nor further bring to pass as on they run that they may bait their journeying one whit such huge abundance spreads for things around room off to every quarter without end lastly before our very eyes is seen thing to bound thing air hedges hill from hill and mountain walls hedge air land ends the sea and sea in turn all lands but for the all truly is nothing which outside may bound that too the sum of things itself may not have power to fix a measure of its own great nature guards she who compels the void to bound all body as body all the void thus rendering by these alternates the whole an infinite or else the one or other being unbounded by the other spreads even by its single nature ne'ertheless immeasurably forth nor sea nor earth nor shining vaults of sky nor breed of mortals nor holy limbs of gods could keep their place least portion of an hour for driven apart from out its meetings fit the stock of stuff dissolved would be borne along the illimitable inane afar or rather in fact would ne'er have once combined and given a birth to aught since scattered wide 
it could not be united for of truth neither by counsel did the primal germs establish themselves as by keen act of mind each in its proper place nor did they make forsooth a compact how each germ should move but since being many and changed in many modes along the all they're driven abroad and vexed by blow on blow even from all time of old they thus at last after attempting all the kinds of motion and conjoining come into those great arrangements out of which this sum of things established is create by which moreover through the mighty years it is preserved when once it has been thrown into the proper motions bringing to pass that ever the streams refresh the greedy main with river waves abounding and that earth lapped in warm exhalations of the sun renews her broods and that the lusty race of breathing creatures bears and blooms and that the gliding fires of ether are alive what still the primal germs nowise could do unless from out the infinite of space could come supply of matter whence in season there want whatever losses to repair for as the nature of breathing creatures wastes losing its body when deprived of food so all things have to be dissolved as soon as matter diverted by what means soever from off its course shall fail to be on hand nor can the blows from outward still conserve on every side whatever sum of a world has been united in a whole they can indeed by frequent beating check a part till others arriving may fulfil the sum but meanwhile often are they forced to spring rebounding back and as they spring to yield unto those elements whence a world derives room and a time for flight permitting them to be from off the massy union born free and afar wherefore again again needs must there come a many for supply and also that the blows themselves shall be unfailing ever must there ever be an infinite force of matter all sides round and in these problems shrink mimemius far from yielding faith to that notorious talk that all things inward to the centre press and thus the nature of the world stands firm with never blows from outward nor can be nowhere disparted since all height and depth have always inward to the centre pressed if thou art ready to believe that aught itself can rest upon itself or that the ponderous bodies which be under earth do all press upwards and do come to rest upon the earth in some way upside down like to those images of things we see at present through the waters they contend with like procedure that all breathing things head downward roam about and yet cannot tumble from earth to realms of sky below no more than these our bodies wing away spontaneously to vaults of sky above that when those creatures look upon the sun we view the constellations of the night and that with us the seasons of the sky they thus alternately divide and thus do pass the night co-equal to our days but a vain error has given these dreams to fools which they've embraced with reasoning perverse for centre none can be where world is still boundless nor yet if now a centre were could aught take there a fixed position more than for some other caused might be dislodged for all of room and space we call the void must both through centre and non-centre yield alike to weights where'er their motions tend nor is there any place where when they've come bodies can be at standstill in the void 
deprived of force of weight nor yet may void furnish support to any nay it must true to its bent of nature still give way thus in such manner not at all can things be held in union as if overcome by craving for a centre but besides seeing they feign that not all bodies press to centre inward rather only those of earth and water liquid of the sea and the big billows from the mountain slopes and whatsoever are encased as twere in earthen body contrariwise they teach how the thin air and with it the hot fire is borne asunder from the centre and how for this all ether quivers with bright stars and the sun's flame along the blue is fed because the heat from out the centre flying all gathers there and how again the boughs upon the tree-tops could not sprout their leaves unless little by little from out the earth for each were nutriment lest after the manner of the winged flames the ramparts of the world should flee away dissolved amain throughout the mighty void and lest all else should likewise follow after ay lest the thundering vaults of heaven should burst and splinter upward and the earth forthwith withdraw from under our feet and all its bulk among its mingled wrecks and those of heaven with slipping asunder of the primal seeds should pass along the immeasurable inane away forever and that instant not a rack and remnant would be left beside the desolate space and germs invisible for on whatever side thou deemest first the primal bodies lacking lo that side will be for things the very door of death wherethrough the throng of matter all will dash out and abroad these points if thou wilt ponder then with but paltry trouble led along for one thing after other will grow clear nor shall the blind night rob thee of the road to hinder thy gaze on nature's farthest forth thus things for things shall kindle torches new end of book one part seven recording by daniel vermont osaka japan